0: We're so glad you've joined us today for this teaching from City of Life Church. For information on City of Life and to find more teachings like this, visit us at www.col.tv. Now, let's join the service. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 28. Matthew 7, 24 through 28. Therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who has built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because its foundation, it had its foundation, somebody say its foundation, it had its foundation what? On the rock but everyone who hears now notice verse 24 when we started this it says everyone who hears these words of mine Okay. now it goes down to a different everyone who hears it says but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand the rains came down the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority, not as their teachers of the law. Start this week, we're gonna start part one of our series called Foundations, How to Build a Life. Foundations, How to Build a Life. Father, thank you for your presence here today. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would just move throughout this place in the hearts of every person. God, there are people here today who feel desperate, hopeless god they've given up on whatever their situation might be there seems like there's no light at the end of the tunnel we thank you today that you are the way the truth and the life god lord you are the light of the world be a light to them shine through their darkness today father if it's a physical need that they have for healing or an emotional need that they have today no matter what it may be financial god work a miracle in their life so they can see hope lord wherever you come there is a spirit of hope and we just invite you in this place today Uh, help this message and help it reach hearts uh, in this room and all over the world in jesus name we pray everyone said amen how do you build a life how do you how do you build a life that seems like a very fundamental question seems like a question that people should ask in uh, every once in a while how do you build a life it seems like a question that When we get to a certain age, or maybe you know we're we're out on our own, or uh, we're making decisions about what we're doing, it seems like we should ask that question: How do you build a life? But have you ever noticed that very few people ask that question? If I wanted to know, or if I wanted to build a computer, I don't think that you would just start grabbing a bunch of stuff and putting it together. I think if I wanted to build a computer, I would have to learn what, how to build a computer. And then once I knew how to build a computer, then I would understand what components are necessary to build a computer effectively. If I wanted to, to build a car, I don't think I would just go grab a bunch of wheels and, 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 and some string or something and some two-by-fours and just start hammering stuff together and say, this is amazing. No, if I want to know how to build a car, I have to learn how cars work. I have to go educate myself on how to build a good car. I have to look at the best cars and see what makes them the best cars. Do I want to build just a functional car? Do I want to build a high-performance car? I would have to educate myself on how to build a car before I could build a car. I would have to educate myself on how to build a computer before I could start effectively building a computer. And I would just like to challenge you today to to, to believe what I'm about to say. If you're ever going to build a life successfully, you need to learn how to build a life before you just start building a random life. And I think the problem is is that many people get thrust into the middle of life. And you remember those old commercials that says life comes at you fast? How true is that? That you just kind of turn around one day and you're married or you turn around one day and you got some kids or you turn around one day and maybe you're, you're diagnosed with something that you weren't ready for. Maybe your, your parent dies or your, your spouse dies or you're left with all this stuff going on and you never knew, you, you know, you never expected it, you never planned for it, you never wanted it and it's just happened and, and you don't get the opportunity to really start from scratch and say how do you build a life that's why this series foundations is really important because i believe that what we're discussing in this series is the answer to the question of how do you build a life what do you build your life on if you want a successful life very few p- people bother figuring out how to b- build a life successfully and and they just end up settling for whatever they've got it's impossible To accidentally build a great life. It's impossible to accidentally build a great life. In Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7, we have what is called the Sermon on the Mount. And the Sermon on the Mount is simply the greatest message that has ever been preached. Jesus goes down subjects and just starts crushing all these subjects about the way we're supposed to live our lives. And it's brilliant. It's profound. Uh, You know, everyone loves the Beatitudes found in Matthew chapter 5. Blessed are the poor in spirit for those of the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn for they'll be comforted. Blessed are the meek. For they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They'll be filled. Blessed are the merciful. For they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure at heart. For they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. For they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way... They persecuted the prophets who were before you. That's the way the Sermon on the Mount starts... Uh, that's a pretty good intro to that sermon. Would you agree with that? Uh, then he just goes on and starts crushing all these just topic, topic after topic after topic. He talks about the fact that we're the salt of the earth, that we're the light of the earth. He talks about the, that Jesus himself is the fulfillment of the law. He didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. He talks about murder, that it used to be said that murder was simply killing someone, but Jesus raises the standard at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. And he says that murder is actually in your heart uh, when you hate someone and you have unforgiveness toward people and you won't you won't he's basically saying it's equated fully as murder when that is what is in your heart uh, he, he flips everything he talks about adultery that in the Old Testament adultery was simply sleeping with someone that you weren't married to but Jesus is now saying that if you even look at someone he's saying I didn't come to abolish the law I came to fulfill it and raise the standard that it's not just an outward action it's an inward action of the heart he says adultery is not just sleeping someone with someone fornication is not just sleeping with someone physically but it's actually doing it in your heart so you've got to get your heart right then he goes and he talks about oaths people swear oaths all the time he says don't swear anything just say yes or say no Uh, he talks about uh, eye for an eye it it said that eye for an eye and he's talking about forgiving people and loving your enemies and and then in chapter six he starts talking about you know giving to the needy don't give in front of people don't let people see your giving, or when you do something for someone in kindness, don't always put it on Instagram. Can I get an amen from someone here today? Uh, he didn't exactly say that, but that's what he meant. Uh, then he talks about prayer, not, not praying uh, outwardly so everyone can hear you, but praying in secret, and he goes into the Lord's Prayer. Then he talks about fasting. This is all the Sermon on the Mount. I told you it's a banging sermon. Yeah, then then he, he goes on and he talks about fasting, and he talks about laying up for yourself treasures in heaven, which really also is talking about generosity, that we're supposed to be generous here on earth. Don't, don't you know, take all your money and hoard it together, but actually be generous with it and give it away, because when you give it away and bless others, other people you're building for yourself treasures in heaven even though your bank account on earth might not be as big as it could be you're building for yourself treasures in heaven then he talks about not worrying he talks about judging others in in the beginning of chapter 7 he talks about asking and seeking and knocking he talks about the narrow and the wide gates that wide is the gate that leads to destruction but narrow is the path that leads to eternal life then he talks about true and false prophets then he talks about true and false disciples then he gets to the text scripture that i read you today i that's the end what i read you to start this message off is the very end of the sermon on the mount it's the last chapter it's it's the last verses of chapter seven that ends the greatest message that has ever been preached you want to hear it one more time he says, therefore, after he's preached everything I just said, he says, therefore, my dad always used to say, if you see therefore written, you need to look up the reason it's therefore. <laughs> and here's what it's there for. He says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. Look at someone next to you say, practice makes perfect. See, don't lie. I mean, this is church. Raise your hand if you ever bought a Bowflex before. Come on, tell the truth. Raise your hand if you ever bought a Bowflex or some piece of workout equipment in your life. Raise your hand if you ever bought some I'm talking about... what they call that thing that Suzanne Somers used to do the What's that thing called? Thigh oh, thigh master. Thigh master. Horrible, right? You got thigh master, you got the ab rollers, you got uh, you got all kind of things. Has anyone ever personally you just feel healthier by buying it? Has that ever happened to you? <laughs> that you just feel like you deserve to lose five pounds just buying it? I don't know. I'm 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 at a level in my life. Maybe it's being 45. I feel I feel healthier when I put on workout clothes. I don't know about y'all. I just feel like something happens. At least my intentions are right. Can I get an amen from somebody? <laughs> so. I'll tell you that I've had some bad experiences buying this stuff and, and, and having the best ideas about what I'm going to do and then not using it, right? So th- this, this is basically saying it's like someone who, who buys a Bowflex and doesn't use it. They're going to get no benefit from it. He's saying, but the person that buys the Bowflex... And who uses the Bowflex is going to have banging abs in about six months. (laughs) But it's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard to use the Bowflex. Why? Because there's Oreos. (laughs) How many people would agree that they're much easier to use than a Bowflex? (laughs) So... (laughs) So that's really what this whole ending of the sermon is about. He's saying you've got two people who have both heard what I have said. P- please note that. That he's saying that in, in this analogy, he's saying both of these people have heard what I have said. There's a lot of people that come to church every week and they hear the word, right? There's a lot of people that are out there that have heard the truth. Hearing the truth gets you nowhere. What gets you somewhere? Doing the truth. Doing the truth. Living the truth. Putting the truth into action. is what it, You can have every scripture memorized by heart, but if you don't live it and if you don't do it, you profit not from it. I don't know why I said you profit not. I sound like King James or something. I mean, it's from Alabama, but I just said it that way. Let the record state that I said that. So, in the, in the scripture, therefore, everyone who hears the words of mine puts them into the practice is like a wise man. Look at someone next to you and say, I want to be wise. Then it says, everyone who hears these words and does not put them into the practice is like a foolish man. Look at that same person say, I don't want to be foolish. And you know, i like to point out that there's two men in this story. And here's the kind of sad part about this. Is I don't know how you look at things, I mean, everyone looks at things different, but like, when I drive by a project that is like closed down, or never got finished, ever since I've been a kid, I don't know why, but there's something, I get sad, like if I ever see a, ooh, I'm thinking about, ooh, I I think I know why I feel this way, because my dad, uh, when we were growing up, my dad had, um, a piece of land that was on my grandparents' property, and you know we were we traveled in evangelism, and and, and went all over the country, uh, singing in churches. And this this is a time where I mean they'd do a whole entire week revival, and they'd take up an offering and give my mom and dad and my uncle. This is all they lived on, you know, fifty dollars for for being there for an entire week. So I mean it, it's and and also the the denomination that we came from. Uh, It it was just a whole different universe. And and my dad bought a piece of property from my grandpa. And, you know, he went out and over the years he built a foundation there. And he was building it, you know, as the cash came along. And, you know, he built a wall and then kind of built the outline of it. And I remember going there through the years and seeing that, uh, you know, what I view it as is a dream. And it was a dream that was unfulfilled. And my dad never finished that house. Uh, but you know what, you finished another house, and, and I'm standing in it right now. You built this house, and I'm grateful for the power of a dream. So when I see, when I see things that are, that are unfinished, it, it, it makes me sad because I trace whatever I'm looking at back to a dream. Somebody somewhere had a dream. Somebody drove by an empty lot and said, I have a dream to build a business, I have a dream to build my family a house. Why? Because every one of us are on a quest and we're on a search. We all long for significance. We all long for... We we, we want longevity in our life. We're looking for something that's lasting in our life. Everyone has a dream. And in this analogy that Jesus uses, we see two men that both had a dream. One might be foolish, but that doesn't discount the fact that this person had dreams and hopes and aspirations. They wanted to build a life. But when it came down to actually building this life, they had two massively different approaches to how they went through things. You know, here's the thing. This is really important to note. Both men had the information available to correctly build their houses. Why? Because it said both of them heard the word said, he who hears it and does it is like this. And he who hears it and does it not is like this. Look at someone next to you and say, I'm sorry to tell you this. But you have the information. You have the information. It's not an information problem. This is not an information problem. What Jesus is talking about is, is using the information. It's living the information. He says, everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. That Greek word that is used there for foolish is the word moros. What does that sound like? You said it, not me. It is the word that we get that word you said from. And, and, and it says, so, so, so it's, it's saying a person that actually has the information on how to build a life and doesn't use it is foolish. I mean, I don't want to sound harsh, but what it's really saying is it's moronic. It is moronic to build a life incorrectly when you have the information available to you to build it correctly. To build a successful life. Look at someone next to you. Remind them one more time. Say, you have the information. I said we all long for significance, for longevity, for happiness. Everyone's trying to build a life. But you know what the difference is here? One man decided he wanted to build on the rock. And I've just got to tell you something. I'll talk about this a little more in a second. But building on rock is way more difficult than building on sand. It is very difficult to build your life. There's sand everywhere. There's sand everywhere. But strategically, finding the place that is the most solid, that might require some digging. You might have to dig down until you reach some bedrock and you find a spot that is stable enough for you to build your life. And everyone is in such a hurry to build a successful life that they settle for wherever they are instead of digging down. And they begin to build their life around a job. They begin to build their life around a boyfriend. They begin to build their life around a girlfriend. They begin to build their life on a relationship, even a marriage. Or they begin to build their life on children. And they're building their life on sand. It's tragic. Listen what happened. It said the rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house. In the first case, it said it did not fall because its foundation was on the rock. And then listen what happened to the second guy. Verbatim, the rain came down, the streams arose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. These two men lived in the same neighborhood. You say, well, I I searched the text, Pastor Jeff. I did not see anything about their locale. No. I mean, their locale is identical. Why? Because the storm they went through is identical. So they lived in the same part of town. This is not talking about someone who has it made, who lives in this one place, everything is perfect, and then some other poor person doesn't have access. No, no, no. This is talking about people that have access to the same information. And what's interesting, they had two sets of character, totally different from one another, but they went through the same storms. See, please don't miss it today. This is not about building your life on the right foundation, and if you build your life on the right foundation, you never have to go through a storm. In fact, you're guaranteed that you're going to go through a storm. You're going to go through the same storm, in fact, that everyone else will go through. But what is it saying? It's saying that when you go through the storm, You are going to have a life that will stand. According to the Bible, wisdom is the ability to take divine truth and apply it to your life. If if you're looking for a good definition, a working definition of wisdom, it's the ability to take divine truth and apply it to your life. I'm going to say it one more time because I hope you get it. Wisdom is the ability to take divine truth according to Scripture and to apply it to your life. That's what true wisdom is. So, if you're looking at that definition of wisdom, a fool, according to Scripture, is not someone who's lacking information. See, we tend to think of a fool as just a dummy. Someone who, has no, who doesn't know anything. You say, that guy's a, a fool. No, 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 no. See, see, one man was a fool in this story, but he had access to all the information. He had the information. What did he lack? He lacked the ability to take that divine revelation, to take that divine truth and to what? Apply it to his life. So some of the smartest people in the world, by biblical definitions, are fools in that they've got massive information. They've got... More information that they know what to do with, but you know what they can't do? They can't take divine truth and apply it to their life. And some of the most simple people that you will ever meet, there's nothing wrong with that, to be simple, are people that they may not possess tons and tons of information. But they have the ability in every phase of their life to take divine truth and say, Really, God, that's what you say? Well, then I believe it, and I'm going to apply it to my life. I'm going to apply it to my relationships. I'm going to apply it to my money. I'm going to apply it to my job, to my faithfulness. Whatever you say, God, I'm going to do it. You're talking about a wise man there. Wisdom doesn't mean a degree. Wisdom doesn't mean a social status. It doesn't mean a a particular job. Wisdom is the ability to take... Who wants to be wise today in this room? I want to I have wisdom in my life. Luke 6.48 kind of expounds on this idea. Jesus says this same concept, but he adds a little more information. He says, the wise man is like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock look at look, look at the person on the other side that you've been ignoring all day and first of all say sorry i ignored you so many times now look at this person and say dig deep Well, look at this person that is feeling so neglected right now say dig deep. dig deep dig deep that's what this is all about today you came from message on foundations that's what we're going to talk about today is dig deep Learn how to dig deep in your life. See, how do you feel as a Christian when you're trying to build a life? So what are you doing? You're getting your shovel out. You're working. You're clearing things out of the way. But what happens? You look over at your neighbor. And your neighbor, you're like, man, they got their kitchen built already. (laughs) No, that's not fair. Who's in here with a shovel? That's, they got their TV in there already. Who cares what they're doing? Dig deep. Dig deep enough until you hit bedrock, until you know that you've hit something that you can build your life on. It doesn't matter how long it takes. Get to the place in your life where you know that you are at the point of building a stable foundation on the things of God. Jesus taught every one of those scriptures that I just told you. He taught every one of those subjects that I told you when I opened up. And he said, if you get those things and you live them, then you will be building your life. See, then you're ready. Now you have the foundation when you get those things. All those things. And you live them. Don't hear them. You live them. Now you're at the place where we can start talking about building a house. And see, don't worry. Look, I'm not telling you today that you can't build a big house on the wrong things. You can. I'm not telling you that you can't build an impressive life on the wrong things. You can. I'm not telling you that you can't build an attractive life on the wrong things. You can. What I am telling you is that no matter what you build on the wrong things, they will not stand. They will not remain when the storm comes. You say, Well, I've been through storms. Well, you ain't been through the big one yet. When you go through the big one and you finally hit that one where all the things that you've built are not strong enough to save you in your situation, you'll realize you built on the wrong thing. Dig deep. It's easier and quicker to build on the sand. You know, the Burj Khalifa, the world's tallest building in Dubai, opened in 2010. I mean, there's all kinds of facts about it. You've probably seen it in movies and, and TV a million times. It accommodates 12,000 people. It cost a billion and a half dollars. the tallest man-made structure in the world. It's, it's a half a mile high. Uh, it's just absolutely enormous. The, the, the elevators go 40 miles per hour. Uh, so many impressive things. That's like the biggest response I've got all day to the whole message. I should have started. I'm learning about preaching. Guys, we're teaching on foundations today. The Burj Khalifa in Dubai, the elevators go 40 miles per hour. I know, I know, I know. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. It's horrible. Most, most of the attention is focused on the height, the height of this building. Not a lot of people know what's buried beneath. You know, without a solid foundation, the world's tallest building would become just a pile of rubble. The foundation of this building extends 164 feet deep underneath the building, 50 feet. 9,000 cubic yards of concrete weighing over 120,000 tons. It took over a year and a half to simply build the foundation of this building. To simply build the foundation of this building. They had to do scientific tests because it was so massive. Scientific tests to figure out how to support such a structure. And it has never had a single problem. I just want to tell you today, foundation in your life, when you're talking about how to build a life, foundation determines height, strength, and longevity. What are you trying to build in your life? How big do you want your life to be? How strong do you want your life to be? How long do you want it to last? If you want it to to last and to endure, you have to build on the right thing. And have you ever noticed that you can't build during a storm? You ever notice that? When you're in the middle of a hurricane, you can't go and say, well, you know what, I need to work on a foundation. You're going to die. You'll die in the hurricane. You can't go build your foundation during the storm. You have to build your foundation before the storms come. This is the right time to build your foundation on Jesus. This is the right time to become a doer of the word. We have to make a decision today to not just to hear scripture. That just doesn't do anything for us. Hearing scripture only and not doing it, it does nothing for us. You say, well, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Yeah, but if you don't do it, it means nothing. Yeah, you do need to listen to scripture. It's great to listen to podcasts. But if you're going out and listening to podcasts over and over and you're just going out and living the same old life and nothing is changing, you got a problem. Listen to less podcasts and do more of the Bible. And your life will grow massively. Do more of what you know. It's less about listening and more about doing. Obey the simple things of God. And you will build a foundation that will last. Can somebody say amen? Thanks for listening. Your generosity makes this broadcast possible. So if you'd like to be a part of what God is doing here, click give at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. Join us again for more great teachings like this one.